0: How's it going, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. This time it's just me, Josh Selway talking to you. I will be going over a few of my galaxy brain thoughts coming off week two, going into week three here. Later on in the week, we'll be having another episode of the podcast. It'll probably just be Jordan and Rob talking up DFS and other things that they want to talk about over there. But I just want to remind everyone, check out fantasyunleashed.com, fantasy unleashed on Twitter. And if you haven't yet subscribed wherever you're listening to this, uh, the podcast is now on Spotify, it's on Apple Podcasts, and you can also also check it out on our website as well and speaking of the website dfs arena we're updating that tab every saturday morning with our favorite dfs plays our fades favorite game environments all that type of stuff so check that out as well if you want to see what we're thinking about heading into every single nfl sunday from a dfs perspective Alright, so the first thing I wanted to talk about heading into week three here is Antonio Gibson. So Antonio Gibson, he was the off-season hype where people were just wondering what if, what if, what if, as he came out of Memphis, uh, only had like 77 career touches there. Uh, so he came in with not a lot of experience from a small school. Comes in the Washingtons, clearly the most talented back there. But then they lose Darius Geis, they lose Adrian Peterson, so that leaves him with you know two other backs there who he's clearly more talented than. He got sixty five percent of the snaps. Again, that's up from just twenty six percent in week one. And he looked good when he's on the field. He got the start, and in the first quarter, he ripped off multiple nice runs. And he was down there when they were in the red zone early on before Haskins took the ball and flipped it in the air and gave it to the Cardinals and ruined their scoring opportunity. And he ended up, Uh, Actually, Gibson got another touchdown later on in the game, had a respectable uh, 50-some yards rushing, and like I said, he looks good. He's clearly the most explosive back uh, in that backfield by far, and I think he stands out just when you compare him to the other backs across the league. Right now he ranks second in pro football Focus's elusive rating through two weeks, so that just goes to back up what I thought I was seeing with my own eyes was that he looks sharp out there. Uh, He's a smooth runner, and... I think this week, heading into week three here, if that snap share just keeps grinding up a little bit more, maybe he gets up over 70%, then we could really be cooking with Antonio Gibson. And best of all, he's playing the Browns. I have always loved playing running backs against the Browns. I don't know what it is. They just can never seem to stop the run. And it looks like it's going to be that way this year once again as they have a weak linebacking core. And, you know, there's something about these games that are in Cleveland that just makes me always feel like you can just throw out the expected script of what he thinks is going to happen. And these games just always get weird in Cleveland. Weird things happen. There's big plays, turnovers. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities in this game despite uh, two uh, run-heavy teams. Uh, You know, the Browns want to establish the run. Washington's not the fastest team. But I will say Washington is is trying to at least be sharp. They're, they're using a lot of pre-snap motion. and Well, basically that's it. If you want to be sharp in the new NFL on offense, you just put guys in motion. If you do that, your offense instantly improves and you seem really smart and all the analysts love you. So at least Washington's doing that. They're trying to do their best to be sharp. There's a lot to like on that offense. Everyone likes Terry McLaurin. Everyone likes Antonio Gibson, Logan Thomas. The problem is just Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins Uh, If he can just get a little more consistent here, he's shown a few glimpses. Maybe that'll help uh, give Antonio Gibson more scoring opportunities. But I'm definitely watching Gibson here. Just feels like the time, feels like the time to make the jump on Antonio Gibson here, going into week three, playing the Browns. I may even throw him in a home league lineup here over uh, even his own teammate, Terry McLaurin, and his price is still low on DraftKings. I may be willing to take a shot here going into week three on Antonio Gibson. All right, and as I'm recording this, I just got an update that Jalen Rager, the rookie wide receiver from the Eagles, is now hurt. Apparently a thumb injury is out like, I don't know, 10 weeks or something. Go find Dr. Chow on Twitter. He'll tell you whatever's up. But uh, I was going to already talk about the Eagles because I wanted to just briefly mention all these shithole teams specifically the Eagles the Vikings and the Jets and for the Eagles man just another injury and that's why I was thinking that they're just not clicking right now because they keep having these injuries in camp it was Jalen Rager it was Miles Sanders their offense line was a complete mess coming into the season that's why part of the reason Carson Wentz got crushed in week one besides some terrible play calling from Doug Peterson and now another injury to a skill guy and it's just hard to see this offense really getting clicking right now maybe with Miles Sanders back at full strength that'll help a lot I mean really the issue is that Carson Wentz through two weeks has been like dead last in every single quarterback metric you look at so he's inaccurate he's rushing throws and uh, you know if you look back many people have pointed this out and it's a great point that the Eagles were struggling even last year against good teams Uh, most of their wins since the Super Bowl have been against Washington and the Giants or something like that so it's not a good Seen in philadelphia right now i do think miles sanders looked good and you know if we're talking DraftKings, he's cheap once again at 6400 going into a week where the eagles are home against the Bengals, so that should be an opportunity for him to have some more success it's just going to be interesting you know if you talk about the jets and the vikings i think they're just two bad teams The Eagles at least have some talent here. We're going to see if they can turn this around, if it's really this weird offseason that gave them these issues. So with Jalen Rager out, going to be more opportunities for Deshaun Jackson, who uh, has seen the deep ball passes come his way. They just haven't connected yet. So it does feel like that is one spot where uh, you could see some big plays out of Philadelphia if they connect there. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, they can turn this around. But right now it is just ugly. And the other team, like I said, that's like this is the Vikings and that's because you're, you're used to them being good teams. So right now it's very fun to shit all over the Eagles to shit all over the Vikings and the Vikings specifically for some reason, I guess it's because Kirk cousins had like two passing yards or whatever in the first half this past week. And, um, I don't know, he's just another one where there's all these crazy stats and it's just looking so bad right now. But you'd have to think that this is the bottom for the Vikings, right? Like, it, I mean, how does it get worse than what we've seen so far, what we've seen out of Kirk Cousins? I, I don't know. You'd have to think they show a little bit of improvement. And this is a situation where I think everyone right now loves... You know, cracking jokes about the Vikings. We've already seen this week that there's the spread has moved against them uh, for this week's matchup. And the sentiment is definitely uh, very bearish on Minnesota. So this could be uh, a team, even though they really don't have much talent across their entire roster. So, uh, you know, some of that bearish sentiment is definitely warranted. But there could be a situation here where Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and those guys become interesting contrarian plays if the matchup sets up well enough. The big issue, though, really on offense is the offensive line, which uh, looks like complete crap right now. And as far as the Jets go, I mean, holy shit. I tried to watch uh, the first drive of their game from this past Sunday, and it was just a disaster. Everybody was messing up. One of the first plays, you had Sam Darnold, uh, who wasn't even being pressured? Look frantic in the pocket, basically just threw the ball at the feet of his running back when he had Chris Herndon wide open. The the next play, they he throws an actually nice, really nice pass in timing to Chris Hogan, who's on the field for some reason. Oh yeah, that's because the Jets have no receivers anymore. Chris Hogan catches the ball for a split second, gets hit by the DB, drops the ball. That play's ruined. Third down comes up, uh, and the Jets actually run a good play here. I guess Adam Gase called it a good play. The 49ers were in man-to-man, and they ran a nice play where they ran the tight ends across the formation, getting the linebackers out of the box, and actually created a nice running lane for Frank Gore, who uh, is apparently having some vision problems in his later age because he missed a very nice cutback angle and ran right into three offense linemen who were losing their blocks on that side of the line, which brought up fourth and two. And you know Adam Gase isn't going to go for it on fourth and two. So, what do they do? They punt the ball away at midfield, and the punt goes in the end zone, netting them like positive. 23 yards of field position and completely wasting another drive so after that I just shut off the game and said I'm never playing another Jets player again now let me real quick jump over to a team that can actually function like a real professional organization and that's the Los Angeles Rams I didn't really know what to think about the Rams coming into this year they changed things up a lot last season wasn't sure if Sean McVay was still sharp but but uh, sharp is the right word to use for the Rams right now because they came out firing on all cylinders. You know, watching that first uh, week one game against the Cowboys, you could just tell that they were fully in sync. They're running their offense and they look good. They're controlling drives, and that's continuing now. The key to the Rams, we've always talked about here at Fantasy Unleashed with us, is that the key for the Rams is protecting Jared Goff and making sure that they can execute the offense without him getting flustered because if there's even an ounce of adversity Uh, Someone in his face, he's going to throw the ball in the dirt and his helmet's going to be halfway off his head and it's just not a good scene. He's not a guy that handles uh, being, you know, off-step with the offense at all. He can't uh, ad-lib. But so far, they've protected Goff and the Rams are top 10 in first downs per play. Top 10 in third down conversions. They're actually first in the league in third down conversions. Third down conversion percentage, they're third in the league. Top 10 in time of possession and yards per play. So they're an efficient off Machine right now, and as I said, that's because they're keeping goff clean the Rams are bottom 10 in pressure rate and Goff has seen the fourth best uh, clean pocket rate per pro football reference so the Rams are doing what they need to do the question is will that keep up and this is a great test this week coming up as they go up to Buffalo to face Buffalo's tough defense at Buffalo and you know what's interesting now about Buffalo in this game in particular if you want to look at look at it through a DFS lens here is that Goff is like 5700 or something very cheap this week on DraftKings. Uh, during a week where there's not a lot of difference at quarterback and not a lot of value at quarterback. A lot of people are going to be going down to Mitch Trubisky this week, which good luck getting me to do that. But uh, this could be an interesting contrarian play with Goff going up against Buffalo because Buffalo is running so many plays. And if the the Bills can get out to an early lead here and force the Rams to quit the run-heavy approach, they're running the ball at, uh, I believe, at one of the highest rates in the league, if not the highest right now. So if Goff needs to air it out a little bit more and they run, you know, seventy some plays this game because Buffalo's pushing the pace, at his value on DraftKings he could pay off and be a nice contrarian play this week in week three. I also wanted to talk about Curtis Samuel. And before the season, we had this idea that Curtis Samuel was really the spellback for Christian McCaffrey coming into this season since Curtis Samuel basically played running back at Ohio State. And so if we thought... While they want to get Christian McCaffrey off the field a little bit more, one of the best ways to do that is just moving your wide receiver slash college running back back into the backfield and using him to take some carries. And there's even some new data coming out of the NFL that one of the most effective ways to run the ball is actually to use wide receivers in the backfield. I forget why, but... You know, someone ran some study on it, and it just shows it's really effective. Whatever. So that was our idea coming in the season, and now Christian McCaffrey's out. What do we do? I've already heard some speculation that this could mean more carries for Curtis Samuel. He got four carries last week in Week Two, so you would think he at least gets four this week, maybe six, maybe seven. Who knows how much the Panthers actually want to use him there? But if nothing else, they could line up up in the backfield now and get maybe get him the ball in, flat, in the flats a little bit more. It is. interesting Interesting to think about, especially because he's only 4k over on DraftKings this week. Uh, He was 4,700 last week. So that's a big drop. And if you need savings this week, I don't know if it's fishy or not. Uh, It may be a little tough. I don't know if he gets value. I don't know if, you know, I don't know what his chances are getting a touchdown out of that position, but it's certainly something that's interesting to think about when he's down there at 4K this week. All right, I'm going to leave it right there for now. Some of these solo pods that we're going to be mixing in will be a little bit shorter, just giving us a chance to pass along some of the thoughts we have throughout the week when we're researching, digging in and Doing whatever else we do over here. Uh, as I said, another podcast coming up later in the week, so be on the lookout for that. Jordan and Rob will be going through all their crazy ideas for tourneys this week over on DraftKings, and unfortunately, maybe Jordan will be talking about FanDuel as well. There's nothing we can do to stop him, uh, unfortunately. But other than that, remember to check out FantasyUnleashed.com, Fantasy Unleashed on Twitter, and make sure you check out the DFS Arena Saturday when we update it with some of our favorite DFS thoughts on the week. All right, thank you for listening. I will talk to you all soon. I'm out of here.